This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Derek Piper at Enterprise Center, where Illinois just had its worst bragging performance ever. And probably Brad Underwood just had his worst regular season, most disappointing, most discouraging game as an Illinois coach. As Illinois gets romped in this one, the score was actually closer than it felt. 93-71. to 71. Mizzou puts up 93 points. And Derek Piper um, – you said there are issues with this team. There certainly are issues with this team right now. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And dysfunctional at both ends of the floor and really just got dominated by a Mizzou team that obviously has some momentum rolling and Dennis Gates is doing a good job with this squad and they got an older group and they're aggressive. They like to get up and down and offensively they were, they were hitting on all cylinders, but Illinois just had terrible breakdowns. And uh, I think that there are obviously two ways to really break it down in terms of just the chemistry and kind of the vibe amongst the team and ability to battle through adversity and to be able to flip the switch when things aren't going that well. And then there's kind of the schematic side of it and the X's and O's and cleaning some of that up. And the problem for Illinois right now is they got both that they need to address and, and be able to, to figure out because we'll, we'll get into it. But Illinois offensively in the half court's a train wreck. I mean, I mean they, they're not running anything. The possessions are a lot of ISO based and you just pretty much have a lot of standing around whoever has the ball and you're chucking threes and you didn't get in the lane and break down Missouri. You didn't put enough pressure on the rim and you just go on these long scoring droughts. And that's been a theme. And you've just seen a team in general on the whole that has these wild swings. Well, it, we've seen the side of it where you get down in, in a huge hole and you can come back and like you did against UCLA, Texas, even Maryland to make it a game. Penn State and Missouri just you got down and you got blasted. And that's yeah. that's concerning. And uh, those teams aren't world beaters. Not to take too much away from them, they're decent. They're decent squads. But uh, another bragging rights. It's kind of a, a familiar mm-hmm. sight in that Illinois gets popped in the mouth in this game, and will go over Christmas and have a bad taste in their mouth and a lot to figure out. But this was two epic proportions because this is the largest loss Illinois has ever taken in the bragging rights game, and, and one of the most relative to expectations, one of the worst performances probably we've covered since we've been yeah. beat. Yeah, listen, the NCAA tournament games are, you know, second-round losses are more disappointing, um, obviously, in, in the grand scheme of things. But this was this is a game where it felt like the team unraveled, uh, felt like there, there was no toughness. And then, as you said, Derek, like we talked about the, the chemistry seems to be an issue. There seem to be some, some, some team issues here that we've addressed in the past, right? I think those things are real. Um, with a new team, freshmen are struggling – it's a team that obviously has not played a lot together, has not faced, faced a lot of adversity together. That's that's part of this transfer portal era. But you just saw a Missouri team that's an old team that, that seemed to be pretty together for this one. But let's dive more into these actual on-the-court issues. Uh, you brought up offensively, Derek. Uh, they have 19 assists 
the last two games. They're not moving the ball. You were basically trying to ask in the press conference, what are you trying to run? And what, what is the issue of it? Um, this is a team that just is not moving the ball. They can't, they can't collapse the defense. They're not shooting well outside of Matthew Meyer. Meyer was four of eight from three today. The rest of the team at one point was 0 for 14. Then, of course, they, they finished three for 23. Um, RJ Melendez is a non-factor offensively. Uh, you know, Dane Danger hasn't scored in double digits since the fourth game of the season. He had nine and six tonight, but he's not been very good defensively. Uh, Jade Nepps had a good second half, not a good first half. Sky Clark, scoreless. RJ Melendez, whether it's injury or whatever it is, not scoring in two straight games is just can't happen. And we'll get into Coleman Hawkins maybe a little bit later, but he is a mess right now. Uh, 11 turnovers the last two games. He is not looking to shoot, uh, and he's just trying to drive the ball, which he's not very good at. He's so important to them, Derek. But can you, can you answer the question, Derek? Like, what are they trying to do offensively, and, and how does Brad Underwood fix this? Well, I'll go back to what Coleman told us at Big Ten Media Days, and he called it structured randomness, which is what they were trying to achieve. Is it's just kind of not have too many constraints within the offense of too much structure, too much we have to, you know, make this this pass, we got to make this screen. It, Brad has wanted this offense to be a lot of read and react and play off each other and allow some things that just kind of happens uh, spontaneously with a, a drive for Terrence Shannon, who obviously can beat. A lot of people off the dribble, and when the defense collapses, you get a kick out, and that could be a three or an extra pass. And the problem is the one play that this team tries to then make, it, it if it doesn't lead to a score, it stagnates. I mean, they, they run some some screening action. They run one screen, and a shot doesn't come of it, and all of a sudden it's one guy pounding the rock and four guys watching them, and that's the problem. And I think that uh, – so Brad has tried to fix that, but by – I know during finals week he – introduced some spread and they tried to install a little bit of that, which they, they ran for a few possessions against Alabama A&M and, and a few times tonight. But as we even saw with, with Brad's teams that have struggled with, with that, like it's hard to to run that offense, which needs pace, needs great ball movement, needs cohesion of guys that know where they're going to be, you know, have counters when guys, when opponents overplay something and to do that like a week or two is really hard to do. And, uh, I think just in general, the, the five out with just doesn't have it's not in sync and it, it doesn't have real continuous action. You, you try to do one thing and then it just stagnates and it turns into isolation. It turns into a guy like, OK, I guess I got to go get mine now. And, and it just seems like there's a lot of times where Matthew Meyer and Shannon, who, who both can can go get their own. Both are, are very gifted offensive players and can play in ISOs. They, they just they end up having to take these these pull-up threes and, and tough contested shots. And I think in general, you're not seeing enough getting to the rim, not enough attacking off the bounce. I think that Sky leaves a, a decent amount to be desired, not to just single him out, because obviously there's more wrong than one player. But uh, he had a tough night tonight. Uh, I know defensively it was a big thing, but he hasn't been able as a point guard to consistently get in the, in the lane and break things down. Coleman has just been reckless, downlight just like losing the ball. I mean, I said we were talking about in the, in the post game, and it it's kind of seems like Curbelo a little bit, like Curbelo in the feast or famine with Coleman. Like when he's yeah. when he's good, he's he's really darn good. But when he's not, it's just it's destructive. And I think that he's getting down on himself and just can't pull himself out of it. And RJ with the shoulder, I don't know 
based on his shooting numbers, knowing how good of a shooter he is, he just must not be right. No. And, uh, I mean, just going down the list, Jaden, that's a lot to ask out of a freshman, similar to, to Sky, can just have some inconsistencies. And, and then you throw, like, Ty in the mix and Sincere, and those guys just aren't, aren't offensive threats a whole lot at this point. And, and Dane, you can throw it into the post with him, but uh, you're going to sacrifice some things defensively, which we've seen. He can't guard the perimeter. that You can put him in. When he plays drop coverage, guards can get shots off of that. And uh, it, it just – there needs to be maybe more structure. Maybe Brad has to, to force some more structure on this team. And there just has to be able to be like a series of, okay, we make this play – and then we're going to do this because when you watch, I would watch Kansas and Kansas and Illinois, you know, had a scrimmage against each other. And from what we heard, it was pretty evenly matched. Maybe even Illinois outplayed them some, but I mean, the stark contrast and how Kansas was able to just dice this Missouri defense where they could, they could drive, they had cuts, they had ball movement. It was all crisp and they just dissected Missouri where Illinois, it was maybe they'll have a screen and then they'll kind of stand there and then they'll, they might turn it over. They're going to just going to take a pull up three. And this is a team right now, the last three games, 21 of 81 from three. That's 26%. I mean, that's it's not good for a five-out offense to not be shooting the three is, is a problem. Yeah, it feels like Terrence Shannon and Matthew Meyer are the only two consistent things there. Jaden Epps up and down, you know, had a good second half here. But, um, you know, point guard play, they're going through growing pains. Uh, and this is what you knew. You written about it, Derek, in the offseason. At some point, this is probably going to hurt. Um, that you play these freshmen, you're hoping by March uh, it helps. Uh, and that, that's what I think this entire group is figuring out. Listen, we know what their ceiling is. They can beat two top Ken Palm teams. Nobody else in the country has done that, right? So we know what the ceiling is, but the floor is really low. Um, that th- this team can unravel like this. And let's be honest, in, the, in those big wins, they had moments where they unraveled before coming back. Um, but we just haven't seen um, them have that camaraderie, you know, cohesiveness on or off the court right now to, to figure this all out. Um, so they, they got to figure it out. And defensively, Derek, it's weird. They scored 71 points because the second half they were able to score a little bit, but they only had 27 uh, in, in the first half. But defense, boy, I'm going to look for it here. Um, Missouri had 1.4 points per possession. This, this team – we knew would probably have some offensive struggles. They should be really good defensively. We've seen them be really good defensively, but this is now Penn State, Maryland, now Missouri, right? Where, where they have looked awful defensively. Um, so what is what is going so wrong on that end? And is it time to, to change the defense approach of, of switching? Because there's so many busts in this. There are so many bad matchups. You wrote about it last week, Derek. I, and Underwood seemed to hint maybe it is time uh, that we rethink some things here. Yeah, as far as the switching goes, it just gets frustrating. I think if you're a fan watching it and continue to see teams exploit those switches and attack them as easily as they have, I think there's a lot of times where Illinois switches where they just don't need to. Like I, they can be in a mode of, yeah, we want to switch when it's when it's necessary. But I understand like to be selective in that, like in the split second of a moment, is going to take time to be able to be on the same page uh, with a team. But to see, uh, you know, Penn State was able to do with Jalen Pickett. All they had to do was run a little rub action, and all of a sudden there's the matchup they wanted. It was Sky or Jaden on, on Jalen Pickett. Go post him up, get the work the shot clock, and, and find the, 
exactly what your offense is looking for. Uh, so I think that there were times where Kobe Brown, or and I saw early in the game, I, I wondered how much Dennis Gates was going to watch that film, see Dante Scott. Well, I'll be pause, Brad. I'm going to play Brad here in a little bit. Go ahead, Derek. Yeah, you get, see Dante Scott get those matchups that he wanted. See Jalen Pickett do it. And Kobe Brown, who had a career night, 31 points. There were times where he got the matchup of Sky and just could bully him to the to the basket. And uh, that's not the only thing. I don't think that uh, in terms of bad matchups, Illinois just had some really terrible communication where the two guys would get, follow one and, and one would be wide open. And those are just busted coverages, busted switches. So for a team that's been running this, switch everything defense for now almost almost two months there's just so many breakdowns and errors that are they're happening within it and you're just giving teams easy baskets so i think that you got to be able to so the simplest thing as far as schematics is guard your guy like, like that's got to be like the simplest thing in basketball is just say you this is my matchup i'm just gonna guard him and, and do everything i can to stay in front of him and all that and it, when you throw in the switching it it sometimes just overcomplicate something that shouldn't be as, as hard as, as it really is. And uh, transition defense is awful. That's kind of the, the, the theme that also goes across those losses is like Penn state just completely got great looks from three. We're able to blitz you and push the ball and really take your mistakes offensively and turn them into points the other way. And I, I think that Missouri tonight, 33 points off of turnovers, like to be able to, take Illinois turnovers and just all of a sudden go down the other way and push the ball and Illinois not getting back, not getting matched up. They've just been really poor in, in stopping the ball and getting matched up on, on the fly and contesting threes. Like there's been way too many wide open threes. Um, and I, I think, you know, Missouri and Penn state both in the similar category of teams that number one, play a small ball five, number, number two, all five guys can, can space the floor and shoot it. Mm-hmm. And with Illinois having to get out and, and, and contest a lot of the guys on the perimeter and, and space you out and let you know the lane be open for cutting, they've just gotten diced up by both those teams. Isn't that? I thought this team was supposed to be good at that, though. Like I thought, I thought they were supposed to be good against these teams. Like remember all these Kofi years of playing drop coverage, guys like EJ Liddell, and you know these small ball fives would really hurt you. It's still hurting you, and it feels like it's hurting you more. Right now, I mean, Penn State, I'd almost say like Jalen Pickett was their small ball five, right? Kobe Brown had his career game tonight. 31 points, eight assists. Dante Scott, who's always been an Illinois killer. You thought you might have a better chance against him with the, the group you have now, Derek. And he tore you up, um, both as, as a shooter, scorer, and, you know, as a passer. Um, I, I, can't, I can't put those two and two together because I, I just thought this personnel would be far better against it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you should be able to, with Coleman, guard against those type of front court pieces that can stretch you out. And like you mentioned, EJ is the perfect example. And we've seen some other ones. And uh, I think that that's why how many times did we watch Dante Scott be up against a 6'3 guard DeMonte and just be like, imagine a world where Illinois didn't have to play this way, where they didn't have to play a, a four who's only six foot three. Well, now – Illinois has the the positional size. They've got a lot of you know outside of their point guard. They've got size all around the court, but then they're willingly switching into the mismatches that are just essentially the same. Like to have Kobe Brown on on Sky Clark, or to have Dante Scott on him, or Jaden Epps. Like uh, in, in knowing if you were to flip on Penn State's film and what they want to do, they want to play through Pickett in the paint, 
and to just allow them to get that. Like you're letting you're letting them get what they want matchup wise based on your switching because it's so predictable. I think that it's it's fair, and some people I think are pointing to offensively as far as like having a pivot, having something within a game to do something different that the opponent's not necessarily expecting. I think you can you can point it on both sides, but for a team that's supposed to be so versatile and dynamic, in particular defensively, some of that is you should be able to guard things differently and throw some coverages at people that they don't expect. Yeah. And I don't think Illinois is surprising anybody right now, and they're not executing what they're they're supposed to be doing. And one other note, just in terms of like the five out stuff, like Penn State and Missouri is running the type of offense that Illinois is supposed to be running. They're, they're supposed to be spacing you out, stressing you with guys, five guys who can dribble, pass, and shoot. And then you, you got open lanes for cutters. You got just the way the ball's supposed to pop around. Yeah. That's exactly what Illinois is supposed to be doing. But they're seeing it on the other side in terms of just those teams put on a clinic against them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I think a key to that is your five is playing bad basketball right now. Um, listen, Coleman Hawkins, when Illinois is good, he's a huge reason. I, I even asked Brad Underwood, like, he, when you're playing well, it seems like he connects everything, both offensively and defensively. And I don't think it's um, a stretch to, to think that one of the big reasons they're struggling right now is because the guy who connects everything is, is just – he seems lost out there right now, um, whether it's confidence um, or just not feeling great about what's going on. Like Coleman today, just offensively, Derek got the ball stolen from him. He's not tough with the ball right now. Um, he's never been good dribbling off the bounce and, and, and creating. And Brad Underwood certainly doesn't want him to, to do much of that right now. He basically said in the post game, but he's not even looking at the rim. Um, you know, he shot five threes tonight, but it felt like he forced, you know, some of those up in the second half, uh, when he's around the rim, he's not even trying to, to finish around there. Uh, and then just the turnovers are just backbreakers. I mean, they scored off of basically every Coleman Hawkins turnover, tonight, 11 turnovers in the last two games. How do they get him right Derek? Because they, they need him, right? He is so important, uh, to what they do. It's a great question. I mean, it's something you're going to have to search for over this Christmas break and, and try to hope that a little bit of a mental reset can can help him and, and try to help him forget some of these struggles and just get his confidence back. And, and I know that the way the schedule sets up, you get Bethune-Cookman, you get a good amount of practice time, and then you're going to play Northwestern. So uh, you hope that just kind of the favorable opponents and, and the practice time and a little bit of a reset, maybe go home and see the family for a little bit can can help him do a little bit of soul searching and just try to hit the reset button. But 
maybe try to get to where he's not doing too much off the dribble and, and, and try to play a little bit more through Shannon. But I, I just think that Coleman's got to be willing to shoot the ball. And while there's a confidence in, in him from a, a playmaking standpoint, because he'll, he'll take some gambles, he'll take some, some risk with his passing that are a little too much sometimes. Uh, but with his shooting, like you said it, whether he's just going to get, you know, a drop off or fed the ball around the basket or he gets an offensive rebound. I've seen him a couple of times where he gets an offensive rebound. He's right under the basket and he doesn't want to go up. Like, it's kind of like the, you think of the Ben Simmons play at the very end of his Sixers tenure where he's standing right there. And and because of the struggles, he just doesn't want to shoot it. Yeah. I brought that up with you. I hate saying it because listen, this kid, I understand everyone's like, Illinois doesn't have a first round pick that that might end up being true, but there's, there's a reason Jonathan Gavoni and some of these people have had Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon there. They have certainly not played like that lately, but that's what's so mind boggling is just a few weeks ago, we're seeing these guys play like they're going to be first round picks. And then, and you can say it in the entire team there, like this team looked like a, a final four contender at certain points. They've, they've looked like they've had first round picks and then they can look like this. They can mm-hmm. look like they did against Alabama A&M, which was bad despite a 21 point win. They can look like they did against Penn state, which was get run off your home court by a team that maybe at best is middle of the pack in the big 10. Like that's a lot. That's a lot. The Brad Underwood has got to figure out because there's way too much variance going on with this team right now for and for so many different reasons but there's still that hope that this team can figure it out at some point because there is so much talent there is uh two top 10 compound wins here yeah it's wild and i, I told you uh, you mentioned yeah the ben Simmons example for for coleman and i think maybe just simplify for him i i just think that i know he's a guy that watches the warriors a lot and, and you're just starting to see some 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 plays where he gets a little too fancy like he's using one hand to deliver a pass instead of two or he's late clock he's doing this little step back and, and fade away instead of just taking a, a normal jump shot and I, I wouldn't want to take away his his creativity and I think the style of play that he has in his mind ultimately for you know the Warriors type of synergy and cohesion and and, and cutting offense and, and just getting on the same page as him as like that that point five essentially it, it still makes sense but I, I think he's got to simplify the game I think he's got to get back to being confident in scoring the ball and it's not just it's not just hoisting threes either it's taking eight to ten footers uh, it's it's being willing to go up and try to draw some contact I mean he had I don't know what his free throw numbers are here over the the last course of games but he had one free throw attempt tonight like yeah. for a guy that's six ten and a decent athlete like why not be aggressive and go to the go to the basket and try to you know get some contact, but yeah, big picture. It's weird to, to see this team beat Texas, beat UCLA. We were out there in Vegas, almost beat Virginia. Like you were up with three minutes to go against Virginia and be like, wow, the way that they have not fully clicked, but they, the way that they had been ahead of schedule and that they were in this mode to, to get these wins like this and, and just, not look like a team that was having to piece it together and not to say that we were completely blind to, yeah, they won't take any lumps the rest of the year or anything like that. But then now to have the bottom fall out is just, it's weird to watch the, the inverse of what you would think. You'd think it would it's, be. It's jarring. It's jarring yeah. to go from beating Texas to looking like crap for, yeah. four, for four straight games, basically. I mean, for the last five, 
because uh, Maryland, you, you didn't look good, and then you beat Texas, and then you haven't looked good for three straight games. Like uh, that, That's really jarring, uh, yeah. I'm sure, for the entire fan base right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, it goes also beyond – I get why Brad is – I mean, he talked a good amount about schematically, like being willing to, to evaluate everything, willing to look at the offense. But also, when you have that performance against Penn State, and you just look kind of lifeless out there. And then you have the second half against Alabama A&M and you let them go on a 16-0 run and you just kind of look demoralized and lost and you don't have someone really like stepping up to lift lift the team. And then you come into tonight knowing, I mean, I know that it, a lot of guys haven't been in this, this battle uh, really on both sides, but you'd have to think that Brad is mentioning like this is an emotional, gritty, bring you better bring it or you're going to get popped in this game. And the warning signs have been there. And yet beyond just kind of like schematics or even just kind of execution, this team didn't fight. This team, like Missouri, there were times where, you know, they'd get, they'd go to the rim and, and miss a layup, but they got the offensive rebound. They missed free throws. They got the second chance opportunity. They just out hustled. They out tough. They, they just were more of the aggressor while Illinois was just kind of there. They were just kind of there. There was one play late in the second half where it was a, a questionable call by the refs on the sideline, and Missouri got the ball outside line out of bounds, and Coleman Hawkins just got beat down the court. The Sidney Brown looking fella just, just beat him down. The, like, yeah. how does that happen? Like that that stuff. And, and I'm not just. There was plenty of those. There were other guys um, where they just get beat. Um, that was that was really disappointing to see. Uh, if you're Brad Underwood. Uh, if you're an Illinois fan, all of it. Uh, I do want to, Brad Underwood, we can play a little clip here, 30-second clip of, of Brad Underwood talking about where his team is at right now. Well, I'm leading. I'm going to lead. There's no doubt. They need it. They need my help. And I haven't been very good. I've, I've got to do a better job. And, uh, um, you know, I've got, to, I've got to get us out of this. I've got to get us tougher. I have to get us tougher. If we aren't tougher, we can't. We're not going to win. We have to be tougher and more disciplined. You can't win at the college game without toughness. Soft teams don't don't ever win. And I've 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 not been good at that. He pointed the thumb a lot in that post game press conference, and I, I think it's necessary, Derek. Um, this is not unexpected in that we thought this team would be pretty inconsistent. We talked about that. I thought this game could be tough. I thought Penn State could be tough because they're old teams. Um, you know, Missouri hasn't been together, but they've been with Dennis Gates, some of these guys. Um, and it's just a, a toughness game. And, and I've kind of questioned that with this team at times. And when you have a young team and then also a bunch of newcomers that have to gel together, it can be a recipe for disaster, even if the talent uh, can overcome some of those things at some times. Brad Underwood's got some things to figure out about this team. Uh, and whatever he's doing to this point, the last two, three weeks is not landing. It's, it's not working, whether it's. Feels like um, it just feels like nothing he's doing right now is resonating. Yeah. And, and I mean, tonight to take all the blame was kind of the, the only other button to really push. Like as far as <laughs> he comes out, options in post game press conferences. Yeah. And he comes out and, and he, he calls out the leadership for the Penn State game. Like, I, I fully understand it. Like, I understand why he did that and, and why 
as far as what seemed to be a trap that Illinois could fall into, they they took the bait and went into it. As you win, you beat number two, and you get a little full of yourself, and you don't you come back home, and you're not ready for a Penn State team that's a league game at home in front of a sold out crowd, and you lay an egg. And then Alabama A and M, we had the the Matthew Meyer comments, and, and now yeah, it does fall on Brad to to make it work. And it, it, again, it's we've had parallels to this. He's he said some of the same phrases and and hit on some of the same things at this very podium like for a number of years he's he's two and four in this game brett's his, bad in this game would you yeah. say it like his yeah. his teams have gotten punched in the mouth several times he's now two and four he's lost four of the last five and let's be the last four teams have been ridiculously talented and you've lost three of those right now so I remember his first or second year was he? he's like, ah, oh, this is just another game that didn't work. No. Uh, you know, now he's got Chester Frazier on board who just lost his first bragging rights game uh, as a member of the Illinois basketball program. Um, it was like, he cared more than anyone uh, in this game today. Like this place has been terrible. Like the, the ice is cold, uh, but Brad, <laughs> Brad Underwood's record uh, is, is pretty dang cold in this game too. Yeah, definitely. And Missouri still had, like I said, the ad intensity, that toughness that Illinois lacked. And while it, it is hard to to have the same level of what you'd expect when you got Trent Frazier in that locker room and you got DeMonte, I mean, Matthew Meyer has been on a, a pretty darn gritty and tough Baylor team that won the national title. I mean, he should know some of what that takes to, to get it done. Terrence Shannon, been to a Sweet 16 at Texas Tech. Now, were those guys leaders? Were those guys guys that were looked upon in that locker room? And had, had they been the guys? No. But even for, like, Coleman and RJ, I know Luke's not out there, and you're, you're kind of missing maybe his his voice. Um, those guys should know a little bit better and be able to to step into that role and and be able to to help some freshmen out that haven't, haven't, been, haven't been there before. So, I mean, Missouri's not like they had, you know, a roster full of guys that have been in, in three bragging rights games. Like they, they had dudes from Cleveland state and, and Clemson and yeah, Kobe Brown has been here, but this, this team was ready to, to fight and Illinois really wasn't. And I think that's kind of where the toughness part of it, the being able to who's, who's stepping up when adversity hits is, is part of the chemistry that just seems off. And for, for Matthew Meyer after the Alabama A&M game to come out and say, I didn't like that we practiced hard going into that game and then it was on the heels of, of Penn state where your effort was lacking. And then your effort was lacking tonight. And that's not what you want to hear. That's not what you want to hear out of a guy that's supposed to know what it, what it takes to win. And, and you know, some people said that was nothing, that there's nothing to that. And, and some of the players came out and quote, like yeah. show it on the court. Like that's the yeah. whole point is like, it, it's those things that are being said is coinciding with what is happening on the court. So to say that stuff was nothing was wrong. Right. And, and we're seeing that again today is like there, there are issues with this team. Um, and, and it's what what is said to us is some of that. But like we see it on the court. There's yep. there's not a lot of chemistry and cohesion of what is happening on the court and whatever the, the coaches are trying to get through to their players. It's not working. Um, so, yes, Derek, this is uh, a huge checkpoint for this team. This is a huge crossroads for this team because Brad Underwood has found a way in previous years. We've had this conversation every year, the Brad Underwood era, it seems yep. like, uh, and they found a way out, but you had Trent Frazier, you had Io DeSumo, you had Kofi Coburn, um, you had DeMonte Williams 
for that, of course, Io DeSumo. Um, is Terrence Shannon enough to, to get you through this? Can Coleman Hawkins figure it out? Can RJ Melendez get healthy and get right? Can the freshman point guards start to look more like sophomores? Those are huge questions ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And can can Matthew Meyer be that guy that I mean there there's the the feeling of whether he's going to continue to push back on what's different about Illinois versus Baylor, what's different about Brad Underwood versus Scott Drew. Can he fully embrace what, what it is here at Illinois, what Illinois needs out of him? Cause it can't just be Terrence. I mean, if Terrence is the only veteran, that's really going to be that leader, you know, Terrence said today that he hasn't done enough. I, I found it really interesting. And again, we don't, we don't know everything behind the scenes. We don't know what goes on in the locker room, but I thought it was, it was an interesting moment right before the second half started. The team gathered together and sincere Harris and Brandon Lee were the two guys that talked the most during that huddle. And it said to me, like, that's not, that's not good. No. I mean, for. Cause one guy doesn't play and one guy can't play right now. Right. Right. And sincere. No, sincere. You said sincere. I, I was yeah, thinking well, goody. Sorry. Right. Sincere will battle and sincere has been out there, but. Yeah, Brandon doesn't play, and again, it was—it's just one anecdote. But they're they're continuing to add up here for a team that just has a a feeling of lacking leadership, chemistry's off, and yeah. even Coleman. Like Coleman has been tabbed by Brad a lot as this guy needs to be a leader. But it seems when things go sideways for Coleman, he just he kind of checks out or he just can't get out of a funk. Like he yeah. he hangs his head and, and just lets those things compound when he's supposed to be able to elevate other guys. Um, yeah. And I think you, you mentioned it there, like in terms of the growth points for this team, that the, the question's always been there would, would freshman point guards hold you back ultimately. And we're seeing some of that right now, early in the season. And the question's still going to be there. you get in March, even if, even if we see some signs out of the sky and, and Jaden of being more consistent in big 10 play, you're always going to wonder would on the biggest of stages when your season's on the line, will Having you know your two options at point guard be true freshmen will that will that kill you? It could. Um, Sky tonight was was rough. rough. Like, it was rough. Like it, it was really rough, especially defensively. And then he has zero points. Um, you need more. I know he's a freshman, but he's a good freshman. Like he's a talented freshman. You need more from him. Right. And I mentioned he he's got to get in the lane a little bit more. Is he a good spot up three point shooter? Yeah. Uh, and defensively, yeah, he's got to be better. And look, th there are tough tests for him when he gets switched, but he just had breakdowns. He got he got beat on back cuts. He he was someone that Mizzou obviously had pinpointed and said, we want to go at him, and they had way too much success. Jaden, we've seen what he's able to do when he's been good, like in the Texas game, but then he turned around and, and against Penn State and Alabama A&M, he went like three for 11 combined from the field, had some turnover issues. So Illinois' point guard play – to, to complement some of the other veterans isn't helping things, but obviously those guys can, can make things easier on, on them as well. And um, this isn't going to be in kind of big picture. This team's already done enough to where the, I don't think they're going to be Michigan of last year because right. Michigan of last year, I mean, you'd love to get to, to the second weekend and check that box at the very least. Michigan of this year. <laughs> yeah, Michigan, They're not going to be Michigan of this year either, but like that Michigan team never really, click never had their moment never had anything signature win wise as far as like their non-con maybe some of the adversity now that's hit in december is comparable but like last year michigan last year texas texas had a bunch of talent 
like tab the winners of the portal never really like fully hit their stride that, that's kind of the that's the hurdle that faces brad underwood wow. where you can have a, on paper just a, a glowing roster a great freshman class some awesome transfers even some good returners but to gel it all together to find a scheme that fits to have the buy-in that's that's the big challenge that is different for him now because he doesn't have some of those names that you've rattled off. It's the challenge of the portal era, right? Yeah, you may, like, that's the challenge of when you have a portal team, freshman team, nine newcomers. Uh, it's really difficult, but he's he's got to figure it out because, boy, it can be good. We've seen it. Uh, boy, it can be good, but, boy, it can be bad. Uh, and right now, they're in a bad spot. They get a week off, Derek. They go home for the holidays, which can always be. A little interesting to see who you hear from, what they say to you. But um, they come back, you get Bethune-Cookman. Then you head on the road uh, to, to, start, to start Big Ten play here, um, which it doesn't get any easier. Like, I don't know if anybody in the Big Ten feels good right, right. now besides uh, Purdue and maybe Wisconsin. Uh, but Northwestern's playing decent basketball right now, and that's just a, a couple weeks away. So how do you think this team responds, Derek? And then we'll get out of here. I think that Brad Schoen, and on that note, I'm glad you brought it up. Like, I get it. It's a different dynamic with the locker room. It's a different team. But Brad is, number one, he's, like you said, he's been terrible in this game. But he's also used this game as a launching point, as kind of a soul-searching moment, and been able to to have good responses. You look back to the – obviously, they won last year, so you throw that out. But the 2020-21 season, they lose in Columbia, and then they win 12 of their next 15. And then the year before that, 1920, they lose a disappointing game where they're the better team on paper by far than Missouri. They lose here in this building, then they win nine of their next ten. So they've been able to, in the past, use the disappointment, use the lessons from this game for whatever reason. I asked Brad about it as far as is there anything you can draw upon for those you know, disappointments, but also the, the turnarounds to be able to find it. I think that he's going to have to try to push those same buttons. This team's too talented ultimately to stay in this mode. And we've seen like, you can't just as, as disappointing as tonight was and the Penn state game was, like, I think the Texas game and UCLA Virginia performances don't, aren't just going to be erased from your memory. Like we know this, that team is capable of it. I think you would, you would wonder, and, and I understand questioning, like, is this team going to be consistent enough to win the big 10? And maybe that's not even really on people's minds right now. Um, ultimately it's just about hitting your stride at the right times. There's still plenty of time to do that. Absolutely. I wrote it in my, in my column last weekend, like, you know, making too broad of conclusions about Brad Underwood teams in December, you'd be proven wrong. I still, even after tonight, even after his terrible performance that it is tonight, I said the same thing. Like we could say Brad's lost his team. This team's going nowhere. The chemistry sucks on and on and on and on, which I get it. Some of that's warranted, mm -hmm. but He's shown time and again that his teams have clicked. So I, I would still keep that in my mind. And, it, yeah, they're, yeah. I, I think that they can respond well. And, and while, yeah, Northwestern isn't going to be a walk in the park, when you think about your next road challenge, Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska, could be worse as yeah. far as the Big Ten starting off when you hit the road. Yeah, I wanted to bring up um, some of that history, Derek, before we go. Let's see. In 2020 – Brad Underwood's team was nine and five. And then you see that big streak <laughs> they rattled off as, as Iowa went kind of nuts and that kind of turned the program around. Uh, 2021, 
you start off nine and five, uh, right? And you go off in that ridiculous streak. Uh, they were the hottest team in the country going to the NCAA tournament. Uh, and then last year, you know, you have that pretty poor start. Um, the Arizona game was fun, but you found a way to turn that and obviously you won this Missouri game. So it was a little bit different, but you started two and two with all the stuff that was going on with that team. And you found a way to bounce back. Uh, Illinois has fallen in the Ken Palm. They're now number 31 when they were what top 12, just a, a few weeks ago, but they, they got some opponents, Derek, where, where they can start to, to figure something out here. Northwestern, I know it's on a road and they're playing pretty well. You can win that game. Then you're at home against Wisconsin, at Nebraska, home against a Michigan State team that's been banged up and at Minnesota, like before that huge stretch right here, um, you got a chance. But Brad's got to work some magic here. He has in the past. We'll, we'll see if he can do it again. All right, that'll do it for us. It's a late night. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in to the Illini Enquirer podcast here on the live stream. Uh, we love doing this with you. Not as much interaction tonight, but we just got to gotta get out of here. It's, it's late and it's cold. Uh, but appreciate you guys. Uh, follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a rating review. Uh, follow us on YouTube as well. Smash that like button and subscribe button. And check out all the content coming to Illini Enquirer. And everybody have a happy holidays. Derek, thank you, buddy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, talk to you next time on the Online Choir Podcast. Bye, everybody.